welcome to the 50 Year Vegan series of podcasts. Artist and author Jeff Francis is not only a lifelong advocate for animal welfare, veganism and the environment, but also has a passion for football and if its role models were harnessed appropriately, it's not just a game but can tear down prejudices and racism. In this episode, we present an interview with Jeff by presenter Eric Longdon. Recorded in 2008 on her Evocation Hour programme, she explores with Jeff his two books which try to bring to the fore the massive potential that sport, and football in particular, have to offer. This is Erica with Erica's Evocation Hour, and I am delighted to welcome today's guest, Jeff Francis. Hello, Jeff. Hello there. Now, Jeff, as I was mentioning earlier, is a staunch defender of animal rights going way, way back, founder of Bonobo TV, um, also involved in Art for Arc's sake, which we might get a chance to talk about today. But where I want to go first is your author of Spirit of the Game and Black Man with a White Face, both of which are to do with football. So I want to talk about sport and spirituality, which is not something maybe that most people would make an immediate connection with. Um, How does that work for you? Well, I think I might concur with you most of the time. (laughs) (laughs) But um, Spirit of the Game and Black Man with a White Face are about a particular individual who uh, embodied the way, uh, well, according to Pele, who is probably the most recognised of uh, football heroes, Uh, this man was the man who everyone how the game should be played. Um, His name was Stanley Matthews. He was, in his time, the most famous footballer in the world. He was, uh, in my opinion, as big as anyone like David Beckham. But he didn't have the machinery, the publicity machinery, that... Beckham had, uh, has now, or anyone like him who chooses to promote well, it. Well, we're, we're talking a way back. We're talking wartime when, you know, the machinery was not there. People's focus was somewhere else called surviving. Absolutely. Well, we're t- talking. He started his career in, um, in the 30s. Um, wow. And he managed to play uh, until he was 50, which was 1965. And uh, he then retired and judged that he retired far too early. But what is completely fabulous about uh, Stan is that he, in all that time, despite being the world's most renowned and uh, cleverest winger, uh, he did not pick up a booking despite all the provocation that he was under. And anyone of who can remember into the uh, 60s and 70s uh, and previous to that will be aware that uh, the way that people were treated, players were treated on the pitch, uh, was a lot different from the way it is now. It was a lot harder. There were uh, people around who, uh, as they used to say, would bite your legs. Uh, they were out there to, to break people's legs, literally. Uh, and as I say, he was the cleverest of them all, so he took a lot of stick. 
a lot of stick. And he was a gentleman as well. He Well, this, yes, absolutely. I mean, in my journey with Stan, uh started very early in my life because uh, I can remember when I was seven years old, if you did anything with a ball, people would say, ah, Stanley Matthews. And it was a, it was a great thing for any kid to hear because uh, it meant you were doing doing something very special. And um, I remember being asked, uh, would I, what would I be when I grew up? And I used to answer, I was either going to be an artist or I was going to be Stanley Matthews. And so he was, in fact, my only hero at a time when I think it's appropriate for, for kids to have heroes and role models. Well, they do now. They have role models. And um, I think those sportsmen and sportswomen and people who are in the public eye hopefully have to be very mindful about the example they're setting. Um, sometimes you do look at them and wonder. But a lot of them are, to be fair. Um, you know, but it, but it is something now that, that someone who is in the public eye ought to be mindful of. If you're going to put yourself up there, just be careful what you're, especially something that's so influential to young people. Well, exactly. And this is, in fact, what the uh, the two books are about, uh, Spirit of the Game and The Black Man with a White Face. We need to take a short break. So I'm going to leave that thought there, that that is what those two books are about. And Jeff Francis is today's guest on Erica's Evocation Hour. We were talking about sport and spirituality and this man, this legend in the UK called Stanley Matthews. And Jeff, you were just saying that Spirit of the Game, which is a book and a film, and Black Man with a White Face, it was about, the essence of it is the example that these sports heroes are to young people, the influence they have. Yes, it, it was certainly uh, conceived uh, at a time when um, football role models particularly were, were not the best. And... Um, that continues, or can continue to be the case. Um, you uh, have the uh, headmasters conference telling us that uh, there is a influence in the classroom from from the way that uh, footballers pr- behave on the pitch, being emulated by the young men, and uh, or young men in particular. Um, that brought up an interesting point, actually, because as you said that, I thought, what influence do sports women have? And I'm thinking through all the major sports women that I can think of, like Dame Kelly Holmes, but, and the, but there are many others. I'm thinking, have I ever come across an example of a sports woman setting a bad example to young people? I can't think of one. Is it a no. male thing? Is it, is it this I'm, wild I'm this well, male is. youth? Yes, well, because of course they're you know she said being chauvinistic (laughs) well i mean males are driven by testosterone um and certainly uh the game of football is one that allows uh an outlet for that but if you've ever stood um in a crowd supporting a team uh you will also be very aware of the degree of frustration that comes to you um when they are not uh, performing in the way that you would hope they would perform. Mm. Yeah. Um, 
And, uh, you know, the stuff that comes off the terraces is, is, is often uh, not, very, uh, not very edifying. So Stanley Matthews, who stood out so much in the 30s and 40s and 50s doing this, how did the idea of spirit of the game and black man with a white face come to you? How did you get to writing? I, I should say Spirit of the Game is a book, but it's also a screenplay and um, possibly soon to be a film. Um, and Black Man with the White Face is the book. Am I right there? That's right. Uh, Black Man is, is the book which tells the story of uh, Stan's involvement with South Africa. And uh, he spent 25 years there every summer teaching the, the kids in Soweto. And this is at the time of apartheid when white men were not supposed to mix with black kids. That's exactly right. And um, in doing so, I I did an interview with uh, Archbishop Desmond Tutu a couple of years ago, which we do have up on Bonobo TV if anyone wants to see it. And uh, he he said that he, in his judgment... um, Stan dented apartheid by just by being there uh, because he made apartheid look ridiculous. Here was the man at the top of his his tree who didn't have to be in South Africa, didn't have to be teaching uh, black kids, and he was there doing the things that the society was saying white people shouldn't be doing. What did his contemporaries make of him doing that? Uh, there were a lot of um, interesting contemporaries in uh, South Africa who um, egged him on to it. I would say that there was, um, there were. I mean, there was. A, a, it was a, a Jewish businessman in South Africa who who took it, took Stan over there for the, initially uh, to uh, to train uh, both black and white. But what about back here in the UK, where it has to be said we were not always terribly liberal-minded, certainly not back in the 1950s. Was no, no, he... he took a lot of stick. I was he going to say, I thought he would A lot of stick from the, um, the, the campaigns for racial equality, yeah. Um, he, he really did have uh, a, a bad time in that, and uh, he was blacklisted. Um, what a phrase. <laughs> indeed. <laughs> fascinating um and uh he uh in fact uh, in the uh, in 1980 he was uh, both blacklisted by the un and given uh the award for sportsmanship by the same organization so the so, left and the right hand didn't know what it was doing absolutely <laughs> absolutely but he he you know he just um he was his own man. He was a very quiet man, a very um, humble man, but he was his own man. And he felt the right thing to do was to give these kids that opportunity. Uh, and he, he was marvellous in what he managed to do. He took um, the first touring team from South Africa to Brazil so that these young kids who were sort of 18 and 19 would uh, would be able to meet their heroes. So they met Pele, they met all the uh, Brazilian stars, and um, it was a wonderful experience in their life. Um, 
when uh, Black Man with a White Face came out, uh, we uh, it was picked up by the BBC, and they did a short program during the World Cup on the day that England went out. Uh, and John Motson was heard to uh, to say that it, it, we could have used Stan today. And um, when the film went out, they managed to find a number of the the people who had gone to South America with him. Uh, in amongst them was a man called ba- Paradise Moketsi. What a wonderful name. Yeah. Who now uh, trains a uh, second division side in South Africa. So Stan's legacy is living on. Oh, this man has actually oh, gone absolutely. on. It's living on in a huge way out there. I mean, he's so venerated. Uh, and uh, much more than than he is now here, but um, but because he was his own man, I mean, so yeah. many heroes are Gandhi. When you think of so many people who have now have an enormous influence in their day, they stood alone. Indeed. What Wayne Dyer would say, it's never crowded on that extra mile. It's not because you're doing something. I need to take another short break, Jeff, and then we'll be okay. back talking more about spirit of the game. Today's guest is Jeff Francis. We are talking sport and spirituality, which is two subjects that possibly you may not have thought to go together, but I think we're beginning to show where we're going. We've been talking about Black Man with a White Face, which is a book which, before we get to the next bit, if I want to buy the book, is it available, Jeff? It's available through Bonobo TV. Um, is that BonoboTV.com or? B-O-N-O-B-O. That's two bows and a no. And uh, dot TV. Please don't try and put anything else on there. That's all you need to put in. www.bonobo.tv. Just go to the shop. You can buy them as hard copies. You can buy them as downloads. And you can even buy uh, an um, iPhone application. Mm-hmm. And also, if you want to see that interview we were talking about with Desmond Tutu, you can pick that up while you're on the way past. Yes, uh, yes, you can. And uh, you'll find that in the, the, the Stan's stories, in which carries uh, 20, 26 videos at the moment, all featuring something to do with, with Stan Matthews and his life. Okay. And what he meant to people. So... I'm going to come back to Spirit of the Game, which started, it's a screenplay, it's a book, it might well soon be a film, we live in hope. Um, Which did it start as? Did it start as a screenplay? It started as a a very vague idea. Um, As I was saying earlier, um, Stan was almost my hero, uh, and I knew that my my father um, thought very highly of him. And uh, one day I was looking for a uh, Christmas present for my father and found um, a tape uh, which told something of Stan's story. But before I gave it to him, I uh, had a listen to to it myself and I thought, my goodness, this is boy's own. This is an incredible story. It needs telling. So I went to see a friend of mine, uh, Jeremy Paul, who was um, a script writer who was best known as being a writer on Upstairs, Downstairs many years ago and has also did things like the um, 
young Sherlock Holmes movie and stuff like that. So this is a top-notch guy. This is a top-notch guy, yeah. And uh, I pitched... I just got him round. We we had a glass of wine and uh, I pitched an idea to him for 15 minutes without telling him who it was about. And then I finished by saying, and the man is... Stanley Matthews, and he he just, his jaw dropped. He said, I don't believe it. He said, I was evacuated to Stoke during the and Stoke is where Stanley hailed from. So this is synchronicity going, oh, yes, bing, yeah. bing, there's bing. A, oh, there's a load of us <laughs> here. Um, and uh, he, he said, uh, I'm amazed. I met the man. He, he's a hero of mine. I must... I must write this, okay? Um, he said, I want to bring on someone else called uh, Roger Martin, whose face you would certainly know if you don't know his name. He's he's quite well known on, on English television. Um, and uh, so, Roger, you know, I met Roger and we, we all sort of sat around and uh, there is a wonderful love story in Stan's life, which I assume you would only expect uh and in fact stanley died of broken heart uh yeah at the age of 85 uh he's his wife uh his much younger wife uh, was found dead from a heart attack and uh stanley just went into decline and within six months he was dead so they were destined to be reunited again but not in this life absolutely absolutely been pulling strings from the other side. Yes, it's certainly in my direction. I'm going to tell you. Uh, and uh, so Roger's parents still live in Stoke. Uh, Roger is a fierce Stoke uh, City fan. Um, and uh, unbeknownst to, we were looking for a book about their love story, right? About, uh, and we couldn't find one anywhere. So, unbeknownst to us, his parents put an advert in the Stoke paper. One person replied, and uh, Roger's father said to him, well, okay, um, you know, we've to have this. How much do you want for it? He said, oh, I want a a few bob for it. He said, because it was uh, £8.50 when it was was printed, he said, and uh, it's signed, you know. Because I was his driver. I drove him till he died. The only person, and of course, dear Jeff, uh, was uh, a wonderful source of information on Stan. And I actually carry a lot of that information from the interviews we did with him in the the book, Black Man with a White Face. So lots of synchronicity going on here. And Stanley pulling strings possibly from beyond. Oh, well, this is what I keep telling uh, his daughter, and she agrees with me. (laughs) Uh, But, you know, then it kept... There was a further thing. We we were then starting to work together on doing the, the, uh, the love story. But we could not find anyone who was interested in a love story that starts when someone's 53 and fi- finishes when they're, they're uh, 85. It's oh, not how so- ageist we are. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> so 
I still felt that, well, in fact, I felt even stronger that Stan's story ought to be told to uh, another generation. Uh, that they need it, that it, it, it's, uh, it's important that, that those values start to come through again. So just to, to reaffirm this, um, I was staying with a friend in Swanage and, um, she had been complaining bitterly about the number of phone calls that I got. We'd come back one Sunday afternoon from photographing and, um, there was a, a rogue phone call, a number on her, uh, on her answer phone. Um, and she looked it up. She was so fierce about it. She looked it up and, um, said it's, it's Lithams and Hands. Which I should explain is you're in the right in the south yes, of the country and that's absolutely. pretty well as far north short of being in Scotland as you can go. <laughs> but it's where Stan used to live. So I, um, I, I, she was so fierce about it, I said, look, I'm going to ring it back and prove that it's nothing to do with me. Twenty minutes later, I'm still on the phone because it was, in fact, a wrong number. But I was so upbeat with these strings that Stanley was pulling, uh, I decided that I would ask, since it was where he used to live, if she knew anything about him. And uh, she said, oh, we used to go and watch him uh, every fortnight when the, when the team were at home. But Stan Mortensen, who was Stan's great friend and was the person who scored the hat-trick in, in the 1953 final, or the Matthews final, uh, he, I nursed till he died from Alzheimer's. Whoa, I've got goosebumps all over. Talk about synchronicity. So this woman, this is a random phone call that happened by mistake. You phone her back. You Mm -hmm. say, well, on the off chance you're living in Lytham St. Anne's, and uh, did you know anything about Stanley? And she's nursed his best friend. Till he died from Alzheimer's. (laughs) Okay. Talking to Jeff Francis, and we have just, all these synchronicities are flying in so you can write the story of Stan Matthews. Spirit of the Game. So what is Spirit of the Game about? Okay, Spirit of the Game is set now. It's uh, it's about a young boy who has he's moved from London to Stoke, which is... Uh, middle west, of the country. Middle of the country, and um, is a stronghold for the British National Party. Who are... Yes. Well, racist who, is the only word for it. Yeah, who, who certainly have. If you're in the nationalistic states, nationalistic leanings. Yes. Yes. Think redneck. <laughs> Strong nationalist leanings. He moves to Stoke because his mother has just married a black South African who is teaching at Keele University. It's it's just outside of Stoke. He feels very alienated, but because of his love and skill of football, he falls in with a group of young lads who turn out to be racist in their orientation. Which it has to be said at one point, I think less so now, but was extremely common in British football, unfortunately. It, it was indeed, but it is less... But it, it is around. I mean, it's, it's around, at, uh, particularly around the national team, unfortunately, with, with uh, some... Mm. some 
Well, a large number of supporters. So I'm told by the people who monitor this, uh, uh, the focus group, um, they they uh, are telling me that there's all sorts of uh, stuff that goes on. And there's, there's a... Uh, a football league uh, set up called Kick It Out, which deals with racism Mm -hmm. in the game. So this is very much reflecting real life. It is reflecting uh, real life, yeah. Uh, Anyway, uh, he falls in with these lads, and uh, there's a lot of um, hooliganism going on. Uh, This police tell us that uh, year on year over the last five years, hooliganism around the game, not in the grounds, but outside the grounds is growing. Um, so he falls in with, with that sort of uh, group and uh, it looks like, you know, he's going to lose it. Plus, he's got a major problem here because he's got a black uh, stepfather. Yeah. So he, he is in, in real trouble. The boys uh, commit a robbery uh, and... Uh, on a, an old man's house where they have uh, been told uh, the man has a stash of tre- treasure. When Jamie gets inside the house, he, he sees it's the poorest place he's ever been and he uh, tries to get the lads to leave, but they won't. And they end two locked suitcases. As, uh, as they find those, there's a barking from downstairs and... Um, and an old dog uh, is at the bottom of the stairs, an old arthritic dog. They run out and um, they, as they run out, the leader of the gang kicks the dog, uh, which appalls Jamie uh, and sets him off. Uh, when he find, They all scatter in different directions. When they finally uh, gather again, the, the other guys have got the suitcases open and they're just strewing bits of paper out of mm. them all over the place. So it doesn't have money in. It's just mementos. It's, it's actually the mementos of Stan Matthews' life. Uh, and uh, he picks it, not being conscious of it, he just picks them up and goes back to the old man uh, to see how the dog is and also to return his you know, life's collection. And he gets to know the old man very well, uh, and the old man introduces Stan uh, in in terms of the history of Stan, where he was in Stoke, uh, how he lived his life and everything that went on with it. Then, uh, suddenly the old man dies, uh, and it looks like uh, Jamie is going to go back to his old ways. Uh, he's, he is completely lost. Um but just as he's at the point of getting involved uh, with trouble again, he encounters the true spirit of the game. He, he encounters Stan uh, as a ghost who takes him through the rest, mentors him through the rest of the film uh, uh, to um, a quite a joyous uh, ending. Uh, you want to find out exactly what you're going yeah. to have to read the book. Indeed. <laughs> so... We kind of, we have this lovely story that is a fiction, but is so much based on the truth of life around Stan and sadly some of life around football. Spirit of the game, um, if I want to find out what really happened and read the full story, how do I do that? Just go to Bonobo TV, go to the shop, 
go down to books or ebooks or if you want the phone application the iphone application and uh, you'll be able to uh, to read it there excellent thank you jeff thank you so much for coming and st- spending your time on erica's evocation now um, i tend to have female guests so it's really nice to do some sport talking for a change that is good. You keep mentioning yeah. Bonobo TV, and I know this is something very dear to your heart. Would you agree to come back next week and talk me through that? Oh, I'd love to. I'd okay. love to. And I, I tell you what has struck me doing this. I mean, I've been on this for eight years, this uh, project. Uh, and what has struck me is that since football influential in the males' lives in this world, and now more and more females, especially stateside, of course, are playing football. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's, it's a burgeoning thing there. And Stan was involved with female football uh, in South Africa as well. Okay. Because it is an influence in the male lives, it is inevitably an influence in the females' lives of course. as well. Because we have to put up with the flack. Of course you do. <laughs> <laughs> I mean yeah, that in the nicest possible way. Yes, right, okay. But all those sports widows who are listening will know what I mean. We have to put up with the mood when they come home they've lost. Oh, for goodness sake. <laughs> <laughs> Jeff, thank you very much for being my guest today and I very much look forward to speaking to you again next week. I look forward to it too. Thank you. Yep. was Jeff Francis talking to Erica London. Since that recording was made, sales of Jeff's books have been transferred to Amazon, where both printed and audio versions may be purchased. Erica's book, Vibrational Sound Healing with Inner Traditions, has received much acclaim and can be found at innertraditions.com. You can also catch more of Erica's broadcasts on Breakfast with Erica, Thursdays on 12radio.com. This has been a 50-year vegan podcast.